0: I am being told that there is a hunger among the younger generation today, a hunger for the truth. And yet, by and large, the very truth we crave is effectively resisted. People resist the truth to their own peril. Welcome to New Life. I'm Terry Knighton, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next 28 and a half minutes. We really do thank you for your partnership in the gospel. You're watching the program, partners you with us. When you tell other people about the program, boy, it just takes it to a whole nother level. And we really appreciate that. We trust you will tell your friends and neighbors about New Life Telecast. What we purpose to do here is to bring to you the Word of God in a balanced way. A balanced way. Not way off this end or way off that end, but in a balanced way. The Word of God, which we believe to be... The Bible. The messages that you hear on New Life telecast are taped live on Sunday morning at New Life Community Church for our primary worship celebration, and we'd love to have you for any and all of those services. Now listen, there's a a lot of scrambling going on these days. Uh, Post-COVID, a lot of churches haven't recovered. A lot of church fellowships, and a lot of people are seeking, searching, looking for a place where the truth is is proclaimed. that's what we're trying to bring to you. Now let me say this to you, as we're going to, as an introduction to this particular segment, we're going to try to conclude over the next week or two, this series that we began some time ago. And today, tonight, or whatever time you might be listening to the program, we're dealing with the issue of truth. Truth. Truth is under assault today, to this extent. Many are advocating that there's no such thing as absolute truth. We have my truth and your truth and his truth and her truth. Think about that, folks. If we all have our truth, there is no truth. I want to advocate to you that the truth is found in the Word of God, the Bible. And truth stands when the truth truth flourishes, if you please, when the truth bearers stand up and speak out. Now, I'm not talking about in any kind of belligerent way, but just speaking forth the Word of God. Well, that's what this particular message is going to deal with. I want to read one verse in your hearing, and we're going to jump right on into this. Found in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, and verse number 15. The back half of the verse says this, Where the Word is sown, where this Word is put forth, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Isn't that interesting? Where this is sown into people's ears, their spirit, the enemy shows up to take it away, and he does that immediately. Pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray that by your word you would speak to their hearts, help us to know and to be able to uh, come against the evil one as he attempts To steal your precious word from us We pray, we ask in Jesus name Amen and Amen Hey you hang on, I'm going to be back here In just a little while to wrap things up God bless This is titled Acts chapter 15 Spent a lot of time on that title by the way Let me just uh kind of summarize a little bit of what's going on from parts one, two, three as we uh, get here with you. One of the unique things about the Word of God, and I am firmly convinced of this, and that is that it transcends time. So regardless of the time, regardless of the season that we happen to come into existence, and for us that would be now. Whatever that time is, this Word, the Word of God, the Bible, helps us to know and understand how things are to be done from God's perspective. I love that about the Bible. In fact, I think it was just ingenious that God come up with that plan. And I'm sure that he is impressed with the fact that I think that he was ingenious. The challenge for every generation is to discover, to uncover the eternal God of the Bible and His everlasting plan for mankind. Now, I attempted to personalize this a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to hit that again this morning because I think it's very important. The challenge is not just for us, but the challenge is for you. Now, how many of you know sometimes you talk about us, you gets missed in that process? Am I right? Yeah. When he says us, is he talking about everybody but me? No, I want you to understand the challenge is for you to discover the eternal God of the Bible and his everlasting plan for your life. I trust that you're giving this the time that it deserves. And I'll just ask you my first question to you this morning is this. Are you prayerful and careful to discover God's purpose and plan for your life? Are you careful about that? And are you prayerful about that? Is it just something that's in your head and you just check the box maybe every Sunday or one Sunday a month as is the case with a lot of folks these days? Number one on your study notes. Fill this in with me if you would, please. I tried to help you realize, and I'm still summarizing a little bit. There was some people-ness manifest in Acts chapter 15. Let me help you understand what I mean by that. Help me out, church. People do? They do. There was some people-ness going on in Acts 15 in the church in Antioch, Syria. Here's what was going on. The truth God's truth was under attack. The truth. God's truth was under attack. I said to you a couple weeks ago, the truth is an attractant to Satan. Now, when you first hear that, it's kind of weird. You're like, my goodness, what the world's he talking about? The truth is an attractant to Satan. Here's what I mean by that where there is truth. Truth, The truth of God. Satan will purpose to send an envoy to destroy it. I cited for you Mark chapter 4 and verse 15. Where the word is sown, Satan immediately comes. When does he come? Immediately. And takes away the word that is sown in them. Beloved, you've got to know every time Satan shows up, He shows up as a thief. He shows up to steal. Never have you heard at a party. Oh, look, Satan is here. I'm so glad you came. Huh? When he shows up, it's not a good thing. Paul illustrated this to us by way of his encounter with Alexander. The metal worker, you can read about that in 2 Timothy chapter four. Alexander was a lion's mouth, a lion's mouth, a tool in the hands of Satan. Listen, when God's truth is put forth, there will be truth bashers. That can, they can be characterized as persons who are misled you understand the difference between being led in a right way and being misled. Truth bashers have been misled or misinformed. Whenever God's truth is put forth, there will be misled, misinformed people to show up to try to squelch it. Now watch this. Let me see your eyeballs. This is often a, an unconscious response on, on behalf of some of these what have been referred to as well-intentioned dragons. But they show up nonetheless and endeavor to squelch the truth. Now, here's some good news. You ready for some good news? All righty. When truth stands, truth wins. Let me do that again. Really need to emphasize this to you. When truth stands, truth When, number two on your study notes, fill this in with me if you would, please. Truth stands when, perhaps I should say it this way, when does truth stand? What are you talking about, Pastor Terry? Truth standing. Truth stands when truth bearers, would you underline that? Truth bearers stand up and speak out. We used to sing an old song back at the Satspa Hall church when I was a little boy growing up. And it went something like this. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord. Indeed, give it up for Pastor Terry. That was some good singing right there. Truth stands when truth bearers stand up. And speak out. Watch this. I'm going to get real preachy on you right here. Beloved, our culture, what I mean by that is your neighbors, your work associates, some of your family members, perhaps some of your acquaintances. Our culture today says, church, y'all sit down and shut up. Am I right? Sit down and shut up unless you are standing up to speak out about something absurd. And I could give you some illustrations. I'm not going there. I'd probably really get preachy on that. Church, can you be encouraged this morning? Can I put courage into you this morning to stand up and speak out the truth I'm not necessarily talking about becoming loud and boisterous certainly not talking about becoming belligerent just standing up in whatever way you do according to your personality and your temperament and speaking out the truth do not listen to those that tell you to sit down and shut up because they are asking you to do just exactly the opposite of what God has asked you to do we're told to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, to go into all the world and make disciples, to tell everybody we know that we know Jesus. Now, it's usually during this time where it gets real quiet because people are like, man, I wonder if he's talking about me doing this stuff. Well, I don't want you wondering. Yeah, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. You look back at him and say, what you talking about, Willis? He's talking about you. Listen to this. It's going to seem like I'm jumping, but I'm not. Most times, Satan's helpers do not appear as Satan's helpers. You want me to do that again? Most of the time, Satan's helpers do not appear as Satan's helpers. There's no wonder, because Satan himself doesn't appear as Satan. He appears as an angel of light. That fact should behoove you to be observant. Can I say this to you, church? And I've, I've belabored this so much over the last many months. The, the days, the picnic days of the church in America, they are over. We need to be observant. No more of this Christians just walk around, do 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 do, do just oblivious. We need to be observant. When you encounter someone going, bah, bah, when you encounter that, You need to watch very, very closely. There might be a wolf under that wool, Huh? Be very careful. Now, I'm going to try to put a period on my brilliant summarization. Wasn't that brilliant? Probably one of the better summarizations I've ever delivered. What happened when the misled truth bashers showed up at the church in Antioch. Here's the long and the short of it. They attempted, everybody say attempted. It's important you understand attempted. Attempted doesn't mean that the conclusion is going to be what they intended for it to be. Are you with me? But they attempted to judge and divide the people, to judge and divide the church, the body of Christ. Fill in number three with me on your notes. Beloved, the truth, the truth of God will unite God's people. One of the ways that you can know whether a person is just going to cover up their wolf, wolf. One of the ways that you can know whether they're the real deal or not is they unite around the truth of the word of God. The truth will unite God's people. It is our rallying point. Have you ever wondered why I preach from the Bible on Sunday morning as opposed to, say, the Reader's Digest? (laughs) Fabulous rag that it is. The rallying point for the church is the Word of God. It literally is the glue that holds us together. It's the common bond. Why, I would say the overwhelming majority of you even brought your own copy with you this morning. Say amen right there. Well, I have my app, Pastor. Well, good. Cut it off and get you a Bible. He said as a death-like silence fell across the auditorium. Coach Martin reminded our FCA meeting a couple of weeks ago. He's offered $100 for any kid that'll bring a Bible to a FCA meeting. You know how many hundred dollar bills he's given away? <laughs> I brought mine every Friday. <laughs> now hook me up, Coach. Coach reminded those kids that his Bible, in his Bible devotional time, had never interrupted him with a text or an email. Holy Spirit has led him to some texts. Point well taken. I digress. Ironically, the truth is the great separator for lost persons. Follow me on this. It'll sound like I'm talking in circles. It's mystifying to me that humankind longs for and craves for truth. So I'm told. I am being told that there is a hunger among the younger generation today, a hunger for the truth, and yet by and large, the very truth we crave is effectively resisted. People resist the truth to their own peril, and the great illustration is the man or the woman that is drowning in the massive swells of the ocean if you can imagine such a thing and that individual has a life preserver tossed within arm's reach only to refuse that life preserver can you imagine and and to continue with yelps of help me help me rejecting the very thing that could save them even in some cases making light of the very thing that could save them plunging deeper and deeper into the depths that will eventually snuff out their his or her life unsaved persons what kind of persons those are people that have not been born again spirit filled unsaved persons will run from the truth like a little mouse scurrying away from the bad, bad kitty unless and until the mouse can make friends with the kitty. I love that story. I mean that picture. And to keep it up there for a moment. You might look at that and say, Pastor Terry, that ain't natural. And you're exactly right. It's super natural. And what I'm talking to you about this morning isn't natural, it's super natural. It is such a duh moment. Can I duh you this morning? <laughs> it is such a duh moment when man woman boy or girl when an individual finally stops resisting our rescue and accepts the god of truth you're kind of like why did i resist this why did i reject this why did i push away the lifesaver as long as i did clamoring that i was after the truth and after you accept that truth you wonder why 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 you pushed it away realize or thinking that the truth was the enemy when the truth wasn't the enemy at all the truth was your lifesaver are you still with me I have not yet begun to preach here we go I'm headed to number four on your study notes judging and dividing judging and dividing is sneaky what is it it's sneaky 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 it doesn't, listen to me, it doesn't look like division to the untrained eye. Why? Hear me out. Because it draws a crowd. It draws a crowd. A crowd that can be characterized as, fill this in with me, exclusive inclusion. Are you familiar with that phraseology? Probably not. I just made it up Friday morning. Exclusive inclusion. What does that mean, Pastor Terry? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this this theory, this ideology that says you can belong to something if. You can belong if. You can belong if you are exclusive. Doesn't that sound weird? Say that's weird. Dr. Russ Meisel agreed with me. And I forget the smartest one in the room agreeing. I feel pretty confident to keep going. Exclusive inclusion means that you can be included if you are exclusive. Please explain yourself, Pastor Terry. If you do, certain things or if you have certain qualities for example if you have an exorbitant amount of money if you have a certain amount of influence in the community if you have that certain look I tell people all the time, there's one good thing about being ugly in high school. I look just as good as I ever did. But you know the look, the folks that make the magazine covers and all that kind of stuff. If the right color, everybody say the right color. Uh Uh-huh. What about the right address where you live? Where's your house? What street you live on? What neighborhood are you from? What about the right ideologies? Here's what I believe. Here's what, here's the mantra that I live by. The right ideology. And I could go on and on and on. But if you mirror those things or those qualities, then you can be one of us. Is that making a little bit of sense to you so far? You know what I'm talking about? Beloved, we're going to jump in right there. We'll wrap this up next week, the Lord willing. But uh, let me just put this to you before we uh, go off the air tonight. Is your church reflecting the message of the Christ, the message of the cross? Or is your church fellowship continuing this judgment, judging, and divide operation? It's a sobering question, isn't it? Beloved, we need to be in the business of reflecting the message of Christ, the fact that Jesus has come, that we all might have life. He has died, was buried, resurrected, and is soon coming back. That is the gospel message, and that is the message we need to be taking to the community. Do we need to hold one another accountable in the church? Oh, yes, we do, probably more so than we do. But to judge and divide, that isn't necessary. The level we need to be encouraging one another and encouraging one another around this Bible, the Word of God. I would encourage you, whoever you are, if your church does not have some type of ministry where men sit around the Word of God and study it together, and women sit around the Word of God and study it together. And I'm not talking about just cute stories that we tell, but really studying the Word of God verse by verse, looking at it. If you don't have something like that, can you be encouraged to start something like that? Oh, Pastor, I could never do that. Well, you'd be surprised what you can do. If you pray and find the Lord's will and purpose and His power in it, uh, it starts with one, it, it takes a spark that might fly to another pretty soon. You have three. The Lord shows up in the middle of all of that. Pretty soon you have sits, and who knows what can happen when people decide to fellowship together around the Word of God. I just want to throw that out to you and encourage you along those lines. New Life has such an occasion. In fact, we have several, uh, one of which is our men's Bible study. It meets Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. You say, oh boy, that's really early. It is early, and it's a no-frills Bible study, and the people that are there, Love it It's a great time And we'd love to have you The contact information for New Life Is there on the screen You can find our address Phone numbers And anything else you might need On the website We'd encourage you to take a look at it uh, Let me remind you We do have a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock Our primary worship celebration Also midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Something for nearly every member of the family From very young those of us who are not so young again we'd love to have you come and be a part of that have you been born again do you know jesus as your lord and savior never is there a better time than right now to establish that fact in your own life and if you haven't i encourage you to confess your sins repent of your sins open up your heart's door the real you and invite christ to come in to forgive you of your sins and to take His rightful place on the throne of your heart. You do that by prayer, just by communicating with the Father, talk to Him, communicate with Him those essential elements, and begin that relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Beloved, it's very important, in particular in this this stage of history, to make sure that you know, that you know, that you know, that you have made preparations for the next life. Father, I thank You so much for each one that's turned us on. I pray that by Your Word, You've spoken to hearts. I pray for that one, Lord, that has contemplated a relationship with You, but they've never been born again. May today be the day where they make that decision and follow through. And I pray You would meet that need, that eternal need. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Beloved, I've got to get out of here. I trust you're going to have a good week. What's left of it? I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, wishing you a good week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?